Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report as we reflect on Forrest's 1-0 defeat to Liverpool in the Premier League. A controversial afternoon at the city ground as the referee made himself involved in proceedings, giving Liverpool the ball back from a supposed head injury. They then went up the other end and scored when it should have been Forrest who were given the ball back to provide a controversial end to the game and deny Forrest a hard-earned point. Would have been a crucial point for Forrest in their fight for survival at the bottom. It's Stephen here and I've got Baz with me. Baz, we're recording this the morning after the game and neither of us have calmed down yet, have we? It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, we, we try and like make a difference with this podcast and try and do something a little bit different, which is not just like people down the pub ranting about what they've just seen, but it's really not easy to do that today. No, no. I'm still seething over it. It just, the, the injustice of it really is, it, is what what gets you. And yes, Forrest could have defended the situation better once Liverpool had got the ball up the other end. But in that situation where Forrest have got the ball on the attack and Liverpool are in their own half and under pressure, you don't know what's going to happen. And it, it changes the game again. And it's yet another decision, which... It's not... Yeah, we had, we had all our players in their box, basically, uh, or right up in their half. And then suddenly the referee's telling us to get into our own half. It's just changed completely the dynamics of what was going on. So, yeah, we'll we'll discuss it more in depth a little bit later. But we'll we'll start back at the beginning, looking at the team news. So Forrest went with four two three one and a couple of changes from the defeat to Manchester United in the FA Cup in midweek. So Matt Sells returning in goal, a back four of Nico Williams. Andriama Bamadeli, Murillo and Harry Toffolo, Dominguez and Yates as the sitting midfielders, Diva Carigi playing almost as a right winger, Gibbs White through the middle, 
Callan Hudson-Odoi on the opposite side. And then up front, Antonia Langer as the, the lone striker. And that was key as well, because a lot of the big chances ended up falling a Langer's way. I thought an interesting team selection, Baz, but when you look at how the team performed and certainly individuals, it was it was the right call, wasn't it? I think uh, it, it all kind of made sense. Cells, obviously, coming in made sense. Um, bamadelli has got a bit more pace than Felipe, who's creaking a little bit. And um, I think, yeah, Dominguez has a bit more big match experience than Danilo, so that kind of made sense in the middle. Um, Origi, I'm sure we'll talk about him later, but uh, again, that made sense, putting him up against our uh, his old club. And also, I think, yeah, Taiwo against Manchester United looked well, well short of fitness. He looked really, really rusty, so it made sense to protect, protect him. So, yeah, overall, I have no complaints about the lineup. Yeah, and Taiwo was on the bench, of course, and came on mm. later on. Also there, Danilo, Ibrahim Sangare, Kuyate, Felipe, Moutinho Carte, Rodrigo Ribeiro, and the youngster, Joe Gardner, and also Matt Turner, subkeeper. So, yes, as the, as the game started, I thought the atmosphere was a bit flat in the ground, Baz, to say it was Liverpool. And in that first half in particular, and you agree, don't you, it, was, it did seem a little bit off. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I said my, my prediction for the game was 5-2. Uh, and I jokingly said to someone, I don't know who the five's going to go to, but but actually, yeah, everyone was, I got the feeling everyone was like expecting us to get absolutely thumped. And then as the half wore on, so that's why we were all a bit flat. But then as the half wore on and it became apparent that maybe we we might be able to get something out of this, then and especially in the second half, the atmosphere lifted. Yeah, and Forrest's performance, actually, I thought was really good throughout the game. But in that first half, they they allowed Liverpool to have the ball, but they, they looked threatening on the break. And defensively as well, they looked sound. The first chance for Forrest came from Divock Origi. He picked up the ball on halfway, drove forward, passed a couple of Liverpool players, got to about 20 yards out, and flashed a shot wide of Kelleher's post. A good effort, this from Origi, and a sign of a player who's coming back into confidence. He hasn't hasn't really shown this in a Forest shirt, but the last couple of games, he's been looking really good, hasn't he? Yeah, um, I think. I mean, I, I know. Yeah, for per, first of all, that for that shot, I think Kelleher would have had it covered, but just to have the confidence to to go up and and try that shows that he's he's feeling better about himself. Um, I know that when he joined us, he was coming off the back of an injury, he missed pre-season, and he certainly looked very rusty for the the entire first half of the season when whenever he has been on the pitch. But the last, yeah, as you say, the last two or three games, he looks like he's getting sharper, he's getting more confident, he's taking people on, he's doing the little spins and beating people. Um, so yeah, it looks like we're we're getting a player there. And he was involved again in Forrest's first clear-cut chance of the game in that first half. Hudson Adoy played the ball to Origi down the right-hand side. He fed the ball through for Alanga. The flag stayed down. At first, it looked like Alanga might have been offside, but the flag never came up. And Alanga was through on goal, having beaten that the two Liverpool defenders for pace. In front of goal... He shoots left-footed and the keeper stops it with his legs and the chance 
has gone begging. I think Alanga would want that one again, and he probably wants it on his right foot as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think partly I, I was watching um, quite carefully, and Alanga was offside, but then he saw that Origi was shaping to pass the ball, so he checks himself. I still thought it was offside when when he did it, and then as Alanga receives the ball and is running through, I thought Alanga looked nervous and looked like he was going to 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 screw up the shot. It, it wasn't. He didn't look confident. He didn't look like he was shaping for it properly. So I wasn't that surprised when Kelleher got a foot to it. But yeah, um, it probably probably would have wanted it on his other foot, and he probably would have wanted to not had to check himself in that way so he could regain his composure. But uh, that's kind of the thing. Playing Origi on the on the wing, yeah, means that we have to have Alanga as our lone striker, and that's not really his role, is it? No, that's it. And even though he's got the pace to to get in behind, it is there's still that side of his game, just getting that that clinical edge into it and and taking those chances when they come along. Uh, Liverpool did have an opportunity. It came out of the ball being down the left hand side. Yates challenged in the air with Robertson. It looked like Robertson put the knee in the back of Yates's leg, but hmm. nothing was given by the referee despite Yates going down. Play carries on. The ball finds its way to Bobby Clark. Far corner of the penalty area. Cuts inside and bends one towards the top corner. Wasn't far away, actually. And, and that was a warning because I don't think Sells would have got to it had it been on target. It was, it was a good effort. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can, straight after it, the, the woman who sits behind me went, we're going to be in for a long afternoon, aren't we? Because <laughs> it was, we were kind of expecting to be totally bombarded. So the fact that it took that long for the for the first real chance for Liverpool was was a bit of a surprise. And then they had one after as well, where they got the ball down the right-hand side, played into the box. I think it might have been Omar Bamadeli did an initial block on a on a shot. The ball then drops to Diaz in front of goal and a combination of Cells and Murillo stop him from getting the, the shot on target. Ball's over the bar and away to safety. And yeah, another scare for Forrest. And you were wondering, oof, it, Liverpool could easily have had a couple of goals there, but they didn't. And it was good defending actually from Forrest. I've yeah. been quite critical of... Forest defending all season, but this was a, a good example of good. This, this game was kind of, in many ways, it was kind of perfect for Murillo because because of the way Liverpool moved the ball and the way they play. Um, he wasn't having to deal with lots and lots of high balls, and his positioning. And I think Ellie said the other week that the way he uses his feet is what makes him such a great defender. And that incident there, the way he he. He read what Diaz was about to do and then just put his feet in the way of it yeah. is a prime example of what Murillo's really, really good at. And I thought he was outstanding all game. He was. And actually, I think the whole back four performed well. Oma Bamadeli yeah. back in. You could have expected him to perhaps be a bit off the pace, but he looked solid. Williams, I think, is getting better all the time and he dealt well with threats coming down the left. And likewise, Harry Toffolo, he's been one of our best players all season. and. He was solid. And the goalkeeper too, Sells, looked assured and looked confident, made some good saves. So all in all, I think it was defensively as, as good a performance from Forrest as we've seen, certainly under Nuno. 0-0 at half-time. So they're going level at the break. The second half, 
I actually think Forest edged it in terms of performance. They had more of the clear cut chances and they just looked more threatening going yeah, forward. I think, I think that again, Steve Cooper used to do this, but I think um, it's also Nuno's um, game plan that um, we sit tight in the first half and then go at them a little bit. And right from the off in the second half, we were up in their half and, uh, trying to keep more of the ball and and put them under more pressure. And it showed right from the off. And again, as I say, the crowd were, were much more confident by then as well. So that probably helped and all. Yeah, and it, it just, I think Forrest just were building momentum in that second half. And the big chance again fell to Alanga. It was hudson Adoy. You had the ball down the left-hand side. He cut inside fed it to Taiwo Wanyi, who'd come on at this point. He laid it to Harry Toffolo, who plays a lovely low ball across in the box, across the face of goal. It's met by Alanga at the back post, first time with his left foot. He gets a good connection on it, but the ball goes wide of the post and the chance is gone. I don't think Kelleher gets to that. If it's on target, that's a goal. And it's a big opportunity and another example where you've got to take your chances when they come along. Yeah, I mean, that should have been a goal for us. That should have been us 1-0 up. Um, the ball from the 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 look from Toffolo to spot Alanga in space was absolutely brilliant just to pick him out. And what Alanga does, it's like supposed to be like the textbook thing for a striker is you, you put it back across the face of goal so that the keeper's off balance. But I think... Actually, given the situation, he might have been as well to put it in at the at the near post. Because yeah, the Kelleher's positioning, he might not have got to it, but Keller, it's Keller's positioning that forces Alanga to shoot that little bit wide. Um, but it was an absolutely brilliant chance. And I thought, yep, yeah, that that was the one. We needed that one to 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 get it to get something out of this. Yes, the chance doesn't doesn't go in, and eventually. In this league, you are going to get punished for for moments like that. Liverpool made a couple of changes. Darwin Nunes came on. A couple of the youngsters as well, like Jaden Dans, came onto the pitch. Forrest had brought on Taiwo Wanyu, and also Danilo came on with about 10, 11 minutes to go. Interesting, Forrest only made two changes in this game. Didn't use any more substitutes. Which, uh, I don't think we we had that many options really to to be able to change how we were playing, and everyone was playing very very well, and didn't look like they were tiring or or struggling. Um, obviously, I I assume Origi went off for Taiwo um, just because maybe Origi's fitness still isn't there, and obviously we want Taiwo on the field. But apart from that, oh, and um, Dominguez did look like he'd taken a knock up, so that's probably why Danilo came on for him, but. No one really looked like they were struggling and it didn't seem like the, the players that we could have brought on were going to be game changers anyway. So, yeah, that kind yeah. of explains it from that point of view. Uh, just a word on, um, on what's his, Nunez. Um, when he came on, he had like three sort of half chances that all of which he screwed up, putting one into the side netting, one over, I think it was. And um, yeah. One was taken off him just just as he was about to shoot, which um, probably increased the intensity of our jeers at him. And Jurgen Klopp made a point of pointing that out at the end, saying you don't do that to him because that makes him up, which uh, obviously came back to bite us. 
Yeah, it did. Um, there was another chance Liverpool had as well. I think Bradley, Connor Bradley in the box near the byline, crossed it. Dominguez tried to clear it and in doing so just passed it to Andy Robertson mm. at the opposite post. To be honest, I'm glad it fell to him rather than somebody like Nunes or one of their attackers because he put the shot wide and that felt like a big opportunity that had gone begging from Liverpool's point of view and a, a bit of a let-off from Forrest. And you wanted to mention, Baz, as well, this penalty shout that Liverpool had involving Jaden Dans and Danilo, and then there was a bit of fallout from it afterwards, wasn't there? Yeah, so I think it was Dans. Um, so when Danilo came on, it was like he had road rage right from the off. As soon as he came on, he was so wound up. And I think it was Liverpool had a corner, I think. And it was like where where I sit, I had a really good view of it. And Danilo basically had both his arms around Dan's and dragged him to the floor. But we cleared the ball and the referee didn't see it and the linesman didn't see it. So completely got away with it. And then the ball comes back to our sides. The ball, um, I think, sells like caught it or something like that. And Dan's just piles straight into cells and he needed like three or four minutes of treatment after it. Um, and I'm sure that's because he was so wound up at not receiving the penalty because he was proper protesting and he was right to protest. It was a blatant penalty. Um, then from like the subsequent corner and a couple of times after that, the referee had to go over and warn Danilo because they were, him and Dan's were basically at it all the way through. Um, so Danilo was very, very lucky to get away with that. But as we we tend to find, these decisions do have an influence on the game. And like you say, the the incident involving Matt Sells and Dan's, Dan's got booked for it. But I, I think really you, you could make a case for a red because if a Forest player did that, we'd be furious with them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, and, and, I, and I know he was uh, wound up by by what Danilo did. But yeah, it was it was pretty dangerous. From where I was, it was it looked pretty dangerous. So yeah, you can't um they they should have had a penalty from it and but then they were lucky after that as well. So there you go. So as the game went into injury time, Forrest were on top and and looking to try and get a goal. They had a couple of opportunities and they won a corner. The corner was swung in by Morgan Gibbs-White. It was cleared. The ball came to Callum Hudson-Odoi on the left wing outside the penalty area. Ibrahim Okonate, the Liverpool centre-half, he went down clutching his head. The referee, Paul Tierney, stopped the game. And within 10 seconds, Konate was back up on his feet, looked like he had a word with the referee. And then the referee gave the ball to the Liverpool keeper for an uncontested drop kick, essentially giving possession to Liverpool when he should have given it to Forrest. And 90 seconds later, Liverpool have gone up the other end and they've scored. And it's, I mean, there's so much to unpack here because talking about the goal itself, so Liverpool had the ball on the edge of the Forest box it was Alanga and Hudson-Odoi who had opportunities to clear it. Neither of them did properly. The ball comes back to Alexis McAllister. He swings the ball in. Darwin Nunes gets up, nods it into the back of the net. Liverpool 1-0 up. 
98 minutes and 30 seconds on the clock after we should have had eight minutes of injury time. Liverpool have won the game, but Forrest are incensed after what had happened 90 seconds before when they should have been given the ball back and they weren't. You say there's a lot to unpack there. So it wasn't just like we had like a lone attack. We were putting them under consistent pressure. And that's why Canate went down is he needed to relieve the pressure that was that was what was happening in front of the Liverpool goal. It was like we'd had like at least a minute of the ball sort of just in and around their box and they couldn't get out. And so when the referee gives them the ball back, not only do we lose possession, but that pressure is completely dissipated because instead of us being in and around their box and keeping that pressure on, suddenly we're all at the halfway line and Liverpool have time to build up ahead of steam. But then on top of that, there's the fact that Canate goes down, stays down, and then as soon as the whistle blows, he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And you could argue that that's like, I don't know, whatever, cute or smart or whatever, but it's also dishonest. and It's cheating is what yeah. it is. Yeah, because he's abusing the rule that protects players who go down with genuine head injuries. Now, when a player has an, a head injury, my understanding is the medical team have got to come on and check he's okay to carry on. Like what happened with Matt Sells with the incident earlier in the match after his collision with Dan's or the player has got to go off the pitch for treatment. But neither of those things happen. Canate's back on his feet and it's like, okay, well the game can restart. But what should have happened is that the the ball should have been given back to Forrest for an uncontested drop ball where the ball was at the time the game was stopped because the ball was outside of the penalty area. It should have gone back to forest. Had it been inside the penalty area when the whistle was blown, then it would, it should have been given back to the Liverpool keeper. The referee should have known that that's a law that he has to be on top of. And he doesn't execute the laws of the game properly. And like you say, Baz forest had built up ahead of steam there. They had Liverpool pen back in their own half if Forrest had given the ball back, okay, we don't know what happens. Liverpool might still have gone up the other end and scored, but there's a good chance Forrest would have kept that pressure on and Liverpool would have never got out of their half to be able to go and make the attack that they eventually do. It's, yeah, I mean, that's just leaving aside the fact that it looked like Omar Delhi was taken out during the incident as well. But, yeah. but I mean, I saw this interview with Sean Dyche the other day. I can't remember where I read it. And he was talking about honesty and he goes, I don't really want to call out any players. Actually, I'm going to call one out. It was Ivan Tony, and against Nottingham Forest. And he moved the foam. It's not just that he moved the ball, it's that he moved the foam. And all the commentators and all the pundits were saying, look at that. Isn't that clever? Everyone should do that. That's what, what a clever thing. And Sean Dyche goes, there's a billion people watching that and everyone's being told that's an all right thing to do. And I disagree. And it's the same thing. It's like, it's not all right. And both of us, we're we're old enough to remember like nice young men with lovely smiles and how um, Mr. Clough would tell people not to crowd the referee and have a go at them and stuff like that because that's not how the game should be played. And I know you need to get every advantage you can, but there's like gaining an advantage and then there's taking advantage. It's like, it's, 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 well, it's there. There are things that we do, 
no doubt. But we've also we also spent all last season saying, well, if Jono had done what every other striker had done and gone to ground, then we'd have got a penalty there. But he's chosen to be honest and stay on his feet. And I like the fact that we choose to be honest. And I don't like the fact that others don't. It's it's galling. And it's not just that either. It's the fact that other players are allowed to not be honest. Like there, that that incident with Canate. VAR should really look at that and say to the referee, no, you've made a mistake there. You've got to give the ball back to Forrest. VAR can micro-analyse an offside to determine whether somebody's kneecap is across a line or not. But they can't intervene for an incident like that or what happened to Willie Bolly against Bournemouth. And it's either the referees are incompetent and they just don't know what they're doing or they are deliberately making decisions that are favouring one team over another. Either way, it's wrong and something's got to be done about this because there's five or six incidents now this season that Forrest have been on the receiving end of game-changing decisions and they certainly haven't evened themselves out over the course of the campaign. No, I, I, I was, we were saying before, um, if you just take the apologies that we've had from PGMOL, I make it between four and six points that, I mean, obviously, if those decisions hadn't been made, then there's no guarantee that we would have got the points or whatever. So, like, I don't know, if against Newcastle, uh, it was two all, and then they score straight after Tywo was brought down. If Tywo had got the penalty there, there's no guarantee that we would have scored, but it absolutely changes the flow of the game. Um, it doesn't give Newcastle the opportunity to hit us on the break and go back up the other end. So, yeah, four to six points just off the apologies. Then there's the other ones where they're not allowed to apologise because VAR wasn't allowed to intervene, like Ivan Tony, like Willie. Um, oh, no, the, we got an apology for Willie Bolly, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so the, all, the, the other incidents which haven't, counted as as formal apologies you could argue there's at least another two or three points there and maybe it doesn't matter to i don't know um to someone like brighton who's like if if that happens consistently over the course of the season that doesn't matter to a team like brighton who are quite comfortable in their position maybe they're aiming for europe but where they are they're, they're not in trouble whereas we've we've got what a three-point cushion four-point cushion now yeah, and we've got the threat of um, the the points deduction, which I'm going I'm assuming is going to be six points. So that six points there, that's that's the six points. It's like, it's it's uh, it's it's infuriating, and I can understand why Mr. Marinakis was apparently yelling every week, every week <laughs> at the officials. Yeah, and yeah, at the end of the game, well, the whistle was blown not long after Liverpool score, so they've celebrated doesn't look like that time's added on at the end to a couple more minutes of play whistle blows game over forest have lost and the scenes at the end the forest coaching staff were furious and rightly so felipe was booked and he'd been talking to the referee stephen reed was shown a red card for talking to the referee we don't know what he said from the footage it doesn't look like he's overly animated but he must have said something for the referee to give him that red card. Evangelos Maranakis was down pitch side as well in all of this. Uh, the reports were that he chased the referee down the tunnel, but I don't think those are true. They've since been proven to be to be inaccurate. But nevertheless, 
the fallout from this at the end just again just shows you how much of an injustice it is because yeah. Forrester have got every there's right no, to be furious. There's no doubt we're going to get charged for this, so we're going to suffer again. Um, because like yeah, that that was that final whatever minute and a bit after Tierney had given the ball back to them, the crowd were livid. It's like the entire ground was just ringing out with the words cheat, yeah, uh, and booing and everything. And I, I mean, it's there's been a couple of times where I've heard like fury like that, but this was as as loud and as furious as I've ever heard it. It was I, I'm, I'm I'm almost like speechless from it. Yeah, and it carried on out the ground as well as everybody was walking away. Everyone's talking about it. People were furious. And this has been building now for a while because we have had yeah. a couple of bad decisions in, in more than a few games. You know, you've, you're probably talking seven or eight games now where there's been bad decisions given against Forrest and and nothing really has been done other than an apology, which doesn't get you the points back at the end of the day. Well, the, the other thing I noticed is when when it became news that we hired Mark Clattenburg, a lot of the like pundits and media commentators were like making fun of us. Well, apparently it's like quite normal to do it in Germany and in Spain to, to, yeah. to do this anyway. But that says to me they have no idea what's been happening to us. Because um, yeah. I do think, I mean, I, I don't pay that much attention, but... I do. I don't hear other fans complaining about referees and the just the decisions they get to the same extent that we do. Apart from maybe Everton. Yeah, I think Wolves had it for a while, didn't they? They had a couple yeah. of weeks. Oh, where yeah, they yeah. had some bad decisions a little while ago, but that then calmed down and 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 sort of went away. Whereas with Forest, this has been going on now for months. Yeah, and so I, I think, and and again, it's like. It's almost like um like on match of the day after after the Newcastle game and they were like, Yeah, that should have been a penalty. Uh blah, 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 blah. and then it was like, Why have they hired Mark Clattenburg? And then again it was like, Yeah, the referee got that wrong. But every time we're on match of the day, they seem to say, Yeah, the referee got that wrong. And then that's it. That's that that's that's all that happens. Is <laughs> it's, it's that's what makes it even worse. It's, it's, yeah, it's not just this one incident. It's This is something that's been building up for the entire season, all the way from like Joe Worrell getting sent off against Man U and Willie Bolly and all those things. It's everything. The 1865 Match Report. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're pleased to announce that this episode of 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Forest fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter where you're based, you can catch every single minute of the action. 
If you download the Green King Sport app, you won't just get 10% off all drinks anytime there's a match on the TV, but this month there's also free Guinness to be won and the chance to win one of six holidays. And you'll be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Now it's back to your podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Let's now hear the view from the opposition. It's over to Neil from the Anfield Wrap. First and foremost, I thought it was mostly a 50-50 affair. I think first half, the one-on-one would have been offside from what I've seen back on television. But I thought that Forrest did ever so well through the first half. I thought second half, what was noticeable, even coming through on television, was the atmosphere went up two, three, four levels uh, in terms of intensity around the match and, and what everyone was about and the desire to see Forrest through. But also, I think there was a bit, there was, and I, I rarely say this, but I, I thought there was a bit of dissonance in that I thought the crowd was of the view there was three points here. I think players should not be getting booked for time wasting off corners. Uh, and it's one thing to will your side through until the bitter ends at nil-nil, but ultimately Forrest had shown they had enough to go head-to-head with Liverpool. And that was the moment where I just sort of thought, this is a bit odd, this this isn't the sort of thing that should happen in the grand scheme of things. I thought Marilla was excellent over the course of the game um, in there as well. I think there was two other, uh, two or three other Forest players, I think, do really, really well. I thought it was Ainiwi comes on, makes it different, not least because Alanga goes wide, and he'd done all right through the middle of Alanga, but I thought as though it was then a different level of threat for Liverpool to have to deal with. In the end, we're obviously delighted. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, I wouldn't even dream for a second of patronising anyone by acting like I'm not. Absolutely delighted. This is the sort of thing that happens in a season where you think you can win the league, you know, and that's in part testament to Forrest. Before the game, I said every single game this season that Nottingham Forest have played at home has been a live proposition uh, as you go towards the final whistle. Today is no different. We get it uh, and we pull it out the bag. I just sort of wonder whether or not if Forrest were a little bit more coherent, they could have found their way to win the game. But that's the difference between feeling secure in 11th and feeling as though your nerves at the bottom of the table where every single point counts. As it is, you know, as a football match goes, uh, as the whole thing progresses all the way through, Forrest, they're a good side. I think they're a markedly better side than any of the teams that currently sit in the bottom three. Uh, but there's obviously the points deduction that's hanging over. And I think that Liverpool can win the Football League. Thanks, Neil, for the opposition view there. So, yeah, as we were saying, Baz, the the anger around this decision yesterday has been building over the course of the season. There's been a number of decisions that haven't gone Forest's way that should have done. And we're not seeing the standard of refereeing improving. We are still, after weeks and weeks, months even, of, of talk about standard of refereeing, we are still finding ourselves on the receiving end of poor decisions to a point where Match of the Day picked it up last night as well. They actually featured this decision for a change and really looked at it in depth and said, no, Boris have got every right to be annoyed by this. Both Shearer and then they and still Venus. didn't point out what Canate did. So, No, and again, it sets that precedent, doesn't it, that, yeah. that a player, if your team's under pressure, just pretend you've got a head injury because you'll win the ball back. And it's, yeah, it, it it's not good. And it remains to be seen now what the fallout will be from this. I mean, we're assuming Forrest will probably get charged for the scenes at the end. 
And I think Forrest will be looking for answers from PGMOL after this, certainly. Whether Mark Lattenberg will have something to say in that as well and he will sort of liaise with well, them on behalf of Forrest, who knows? I went well. I went um, when I was. Uh, I went back to the car. I was driving back, stuck in traffic. Um, apart from the fact that I noticed significantly more police vans with flashing lights everywhere because <laughs> everyone was angry. Um, Nuno's interview with Radio Nottingham was probably. I mean, I know he's a man of few words at, at the best of times, but he basically said, "I'm not going to talk about the referee. Let's talk about the game." And then he talked about the game for like 20 seconds and then walks off. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Mark Clattenburg told him, don't say anything. Yeah. And Colin Frey made a point, didn't he, after that interview, saying it wasn't me that entered the interview. It was Nuno. Yep. He walked off after a minute and a half, and that was the end of the interview. So, yeah, you do wonder if there is a bit of an influence there with Clattenburg, just saying. And Clattenburg, as well, apparently said he was refused entry to talk to the referee after the game. So it does sound like the club are going to be using him as their way to the referees, which is exactly what he was hired for, I guess. I think, really, when when you look at it from how the season has panned out and the points now that Forrest have potentially dropped, this yesterday would have been a great point against a really good Liverpool side. I mean, arguably, I'd have said we probably deserve three. Yeah, yeah. If the chances go in, we deserve three. And and yeah, we had them under the cosh at the end. Then that that was that's the most probably the most galling thing of it was they looked like they were struggling. They looked like we we looked like the team that was going to score, and it was taken away from us. I can remember when, when we've been doing this podcast for a long time now, and we always used to make a point of saying. I'm not going to talk about the referees because referees, especially like in League One and the Championship, you kind of expect referees to be rubbish. You don't have VAR and all that sort of stuff. So we made a point of saying we're not going to talk about the referees because we can only talk about the stuff that we can control. But I can remember in the in our Championship season uh, under Steve Cooper, us saying normally we don't talk about the referees, but we have to mention this. And then the last two seasons, it's almost like we've got nothing. It's they, they, the referees have imposed themselves on us rather than it being about the game. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, we're having to talk about them constantly because they are having that influence on the game at Forest's expense as well. And it is it, it's getting to the point now where you start to think it's deliberate because there's been so many incidents now. I, I, as 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 you said, everyone was very, very angry. And as I was storming out of the, out of the ground afterwards, um, there was a, a, a family like yelling at each other, going how how unjust it was. And I went, yeah, but we're going to have the biggest collection of apologies in the championship. <laughs> yeah. And th- there you go. And that's it. That makes it all better, doesn't it? But just looking at the performances of the team as well, I think the back four and the keeper performed really well. And fact, yeah, I've got to mention that save that sells made as well. Yeah, yeah. brilliant save. Amazing. It, and actually, I was thinking all the way through the game is like, we look like we've got an actual keeper for the first time this season. I'm not terrified when the ball comes to the keeper. Yeah, it just again just gave people assurance, didn't he? The defence looked more confident in front of him, and when he was called upon. I think it was Nunes, was it, with the header from close range? And yeah. he pulls off a brilliant save. I thought the ball had gone in. I was ready to yeah, yeah. kind of think, oh, that's it. 1-0 Liverpool. It's a fantastic save. 
incredible. And it's not just the defence as well. Dominguez was tired. He, he wasn't like breaking forwards because his job was to, to, to keep stuff down. Yates was also tireless and he wasn't doing his normal thing of just running into the back of someone and shoving him over. He was actually, he was actually tackling and, and pressing the way he should. So the, the entire team played incredibly well. And I think, as I said, I think we were the better side for, for over the course of the 100 minutes. Yeah, hard to disagree with that, really. Next up for Forest, then, it's an away trip to Brighton next Sunday. I mean, it's gonna. I think it is going to be a difficult game. Brighton are hot and cold at the moment, but I think if Forest go into it with the same approach that they did against Liverpool, there's no reason why they can't come away with the points, referee permitting. Yeah, well, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had this... When we played Brighton at home earlier in the season and Steve Cooper was still in charge, Brighton's... Deserby's been, like lauded as this genius manager and I always I always say you can't tell about a manager until they're in trouble so lauding him as a genius for while things are going well is it's too early to say that however his thing was always his players will stop and pass the ball like around the back four and stop and then invite you to come and press them because obviously pressing high pressing is such a big part of the, the game across the top leagues. So he's he's built this tactic that invites you to come and press them and then they can use the space that you've left to, to attack. Against Brighton, when we played them at home, we fell for it. We kept on going out to press them and then they exploited it. Whereas I can't see Nuno's side doing that. I can't see, uh, I think we're going to sit deep and then we're going to wait for the chance for Alanga to break through or whatever and, and hit them on the break um, properly rather than when they want us to come forwards. So I'm reasonably confident about that one. But I also th- I was also thinking about this time last year, well, we're, we're just at the beginning of March and uh, this time last year, I was like, yeah, we're down. There's no way we're staying up. And I have to say that I can't see any way we're staying up this year either. What's clear is that Forrest have got to get points on the board somehow and quickly. And with the likes of Luton, Palace and Fulham coming up as well, that feels like an opportunity to get some wins and, and try and put a bit of we're distance. We're worse against the, the lower teams. Yeah, so it's one of those, isn't it? We'll leave it there and wrap this match report up. So thank you, Baz, and thank you, Neil, from the Anfield Wrap podcast for providing the opposition view. Thank you as well, listener, for joining us, and we will be back with you with our big Forest Ramble discussion pod in the next couple of days. Until then, thanks for listening, and see you later. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.